Hello and welcome. You are listening to UCLA Radio. This is the Deep End Theory with Leslie Snipes and Valide. Today we are joined with Nyad, who is going to perform this Friday, the 25th at Understated 007. And she also has an EP coming out the following week, which you can pre-order this Tuesday. Nyad makes a darker progressive form of techno is the way I would describe it. Um, and we're going to chat with her for a little bit, and then she's going to hit the decks for a live guest mix. Um, and welcome to the show. How's your Sunday? Sunday's been great. Um, so you make dark progressive techno. That's how I would describe it. Would you? I have no better way to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what drew you to this genre? What inspired you to start making it? How'd you? How'd you gravitate toward it? Yeah. Towards it? Yeah. I started exploring the scene in Miami a few years ago and then uh, bought a one-way ticket and moved to Ibiza for a year and worked with Houghton on on his Enter series and then uh, went on the control tour and just been hooked since I started. And so this EP coming out, my understanding is that it's your first EP under this name? It is, yeah. And it's a three-track EP. Yes. Why don't you walk us through what's on it, what can the listener expect or experience or what's the the vibe of it. Cool. So uh, I think uh, Tides is uh, probably the more melodic one. Um, and we're going to move over into uh, Undertow, which is like the kind of wonky, progressive, super fun, mashing genres a little bit track. And then uh, Option A is my after hours option. So you plan to play those out, uh, all of those on Friday? Yeah, I got two hours. They'll fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this Friday, there's quite a few people on the lineup. Yes. I'm actually surprised to hear you say two-hour set. Is is everyone going to have a two-hour set? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I think maybe there's going to be a couple hours, uh, but there's two rooms, a uh, front and a back room. Um, it's going to be pretty dope. The space is awesome. So. And this is the first time that's happening, right? Two rooms? Two, two rooms mm. with two DJs concurrently at the same time? I believe for an understated party. Yes. I have to confirm yeah. with those guys, but... Yeah, and so uh, for the listener out there, if you are a regular listener, you're well aware that we help support the Understated Party. Um, we pretty much, we've interviewed them every single time. They've had a party, actually, well, their flagship party at least. Um, and it's been at the same location every time. It's it's a fantastic location, location a great vibe. Um, it's dance. one of my favorite venues in LA. Yeah, so. the venue is, it has like an open air section that you can kind of hang out in and then a main room. And then I'm curious to see this new room. Um, we can't actually tell you the location because it's a semi-legal warehouse party. And so <laughs> that basically means that um, if you want to know where it is, if you want to go, you have to buy a ticket and then they'll tell you where it is the night of. Um, but if you've, especially, I say this every time, but if, you, if you've never been to a warehouse party, you should definitely go. It's, a, it's an amazing experience um, and, and a very different form of, of nightlife. Um, and also on the lineup is, I think I'm saying this correctly, but Somi? Somi? I think so. Yes. Um, Monsieur Fraser, who we've had on the show. Micah, who should be joining us shortly. Uh, Michael Pham, Martin Jess, Hannah Monica, who we've also had on the show before. Um, Chris Simon and DJ Dan, along with a secret B2B of some sort. But Ooh. that's going to be a good one. <laughs> Do you know who it is? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always Can a you give us a, 
genre hint maybe no no i'm not allowed (laughs) (laughs) that's our seal it's gonna be worth it (laughs) okay well we'll we'll take your word for it so i wanted to just paint a little bit more just get a little bit more color on naiad so where did you get the idea for the name itself uh, I'm obsessed with fantasy literature and mythology, um, and I wanted something to represent that part of my inspiration. Um, so I went digging. Um, I love the water. A naiad is a freshwater nymph, uh, so they're like minor deities that live in rivers. Um, that really vibed, and then the symmetry of the name, so how it's nice. spelled was really... How long did it take so. you to get there? Because I'm still looking for it my name. It was like a week of research and like writing everything down and deciding and being like, hey guys, what do you think? You know. So, so you're deliberate about it and looking for. Very. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a list maker. Yeah. So. so you get shit done. They also, they kind of, from what I've read about it, they kind of mess stuff up. In a few mythology stories, yeah. they like kind of kidnap or kind of take over some ship or something. I can't remember the exact story, but they're yeah. a little, <laughs> they have a little feist to them, I guess. They're not mischievous. Not the most peaceful mythological. <laughs> no, it's like a, if you mess with them or you mess with their environment, you know, they'll like come and get you or if they don't like you, but if you're good to their environment, they'll care for you and keep your water clean and crops growing. <laughs> Is that the the branding and the the visual like aesthetic that you're trying to shoot for in your future? Like do you do you have visuals that are based off of that idea as well? Um I haven't really gone there yet. Um I'm super excited. My friend Cassie did the artwork for it. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet, but she did an amazing job kind of depicting what I feel Anaya looks like. Uh you can catch her at Candy by Cassie is her handle. She's really awesome. So that was kind of like as far as I've gotten gotten there visually. That's beyond the logo? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is that, the the cover for, is this for, for the EP, the EP mm-hmm. itself? Yeah, she killed Sweet. it. <laughs> so. All right, cool. Um, and so one of the things that I, I kind of wanted to bring up is that, you know, you make techno. Techno is a bit unique in the electronic music scene in terms of like gender representation. A lot of the biggest acts today in techno, like Nina Kravitz, Nicole Maudaber, I can never say her last name, uh, Emil Lenz, Charlotte DeWitt, all these people are Gallia. some of the, yeah, they're, they're crushing it. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're the biggest acts right now. Um, and I guess I kind of wanted to ask, like, why do you think techno is different? Is it a, a natural filter of sorts for some reason? Is it a cultural thing or is the kind of, it's also more underground, so that might have part of it, something to do with it. But I think some of it's always been a little bit of like the the stamina and the late nights. And if you look at a techno crowd, it's you know ten men to one woman probably once you get like late night. But I think that more women are starting to discover it now that there's uh, bigger female artists, like you were saying, kind of stepping out and representing and like crushing it, which is great. Um, but I think it's always been a little bit of like an intimidating started as a bit of a boys club, like late night under hour, uh, under, sorry, <laughs> underground after hours. And um, I think that was probably pretty intimidating for a lot of women. I think it still is, so. How do you, how do you perceive that? that uh, how did you get into it and yeah. I found techno, loved it, let me in. I don't know, that's how I feel about it. And if you're a woman thinking about DJing or producing or whatever it is or going out, like, go out, go out by yourself, enjoy it. Like, who cares, you know? Um, it's not as intimidating as it seems, so. And especially now, the 
the boys clubs type vibes are being kind of broken down across all of society, I guess. So I feel like. I think maybe that's know. helping too. I've yeah. seen a difference in the crowds going out the last couple of years. I feel like there are more women, so, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the guys like that too, right? It's, it's, I don't know. I feel like anytime you have close to 50, 50, that's probably optimal. Yeah. You just want a good mix of people. Just no like, bro fests. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Balance. Yeah. yeah Diversity. Balance is important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what would be, so going back to this idea of like, you know, if you're interested in getting started, what would be your number one advice to someone who's either trying to start mixing or DJing? Uh, just know what you like, love your music and pick up a controller, no matter how cheap it is or whatever you think of it, just start mixing and love it. If you don't love doing it, you know, but if you love doing it, just pick it up and start. like. I sounded so bad when I started. I mean, I know everybody did, you know, train wreck left and right and don't be worried about it. So when did you start? Like two years ago, two wow. and a half years ago. Uh, that's a really awesome trajectory to have to, <laughs> to be in contact and have a relationship with Richie Houghton and Tale of Us. Um, well, I wasn't DJing with them. I was just working on his crew uh, and with the Enter crew. So yeah, uh, but that's what inspired me to pick it up when I moved moved out here. So got it. Yeah, that's still a great like network and connection. Yeah. Have. Oh, it's been a super ride. I'm really lucky. So what was that like working for Houghton? Was it, did you interact with him very much or? Oh yeah, he's the best boss I think I've ever had. Any company anywhere. Uh, wonderful, wonderful person to work for. Biggest nerd I've ever met. Loves everything he does. Loves every piece of technology he touches or invests in, and has a say in all of it. You know, it's he's incredibly inspiring that way. Everything he touches, he has to be meticulously involved. So, yeah, I saw him at Coachella two years ago at the Gobi stage or whatever. And I think was, I heard that set. Yeah, <laughs> he had so much equipment. I, it was a live set, and it yeah. was you could see how in the zone he was. I think yeah. my favorite part about that set though was the visualization was a like 3D render of his hands. So they had oh, cameras cool. over the equipment and they did this like digitalization effect on it. And it was so, so cool. Cause you actually got to see on the screen of him like turning the knobs and like changing stuff and it correlated awesome. exactly. Yeah, it was so cool. That's neat. Um, I don't know how he keeps track of everything that's in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah it's pretty so crazy. So many like moving pieces with, yeah. with that guy and yeah. Yeah, parameters. Did you get familiar with the actual equipment? Was that part of your learning process? With like, him? Yeah, with him. Oh no, I wasn't. He has a backliner. Uh, that wasn't part of my job, okay. so. <laughs> so what exactly did you, what was part of your role in terms of working in his Um, team? I demoed uh, technology. He had like a technology room at Space in uh, Ibiza. That was always like a part of Enter for him. And then um, on the control tour, I represented a brand called Subpack uh, and was demoing that. Um, and then we threw awesome parties at night. <laughs> it was great. I doubt that. Wow. <laughs> and would you recommend that as like an avenue to get started in terms of connections and stuff like that for people that are trying to... A lot, a lot of our listeners are interested in either starting to DJ or production, whatever it may be. And so we always try to ask people, you know, 
is this a good route for someone that's trying to get into the industry? Is this a good route? Like what? For sure. I think there's so many. I mean, and you don't have to go out and do that. I think you can just go out. And I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm pretty sure that everybody that's playing anywhere is super happy to like talk to you and answer questions. Let's chat more about music. I always want to talk about it. I'm sure you guys do too. So I mean, that's the easiest way. Just start going out to local events, whatever music you like, and just start talking to people. Um, but definitely working on somebody's crew or like being able to have an opportunity like that, it opened a lot of doors for me. I'm super thankful for it. So. And do you primarily focus, like when you mix or produce, do you basically solely do techno or do you, you know, would you mix like a Deep House set or something like that, something that's fairly far off? Your main um, path, or are you more like laser focused on? I'm pretty laser focused when it comes to like my project and everything, but I love throwing down a bass house set. Uh, <laughs> get a little get a little wacky sometimes, yeah. more with friends, house parties, stuff like that. But yeah, I'm not laser focused always on the decks. Just when it comes to to this project, so. Who's your favorite bass house artist? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> That's so hard. I can't answer that. I can't do the favorites game. Top like two or three? No, we're not playing that no. game. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not falling for it. Then I'm gonna change my mind tomorrow and regret everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're designing a set, what goes into your process? Are you actually thinking constantly about like the journey that you're taking the art, the audience on or is I don't it, plan my sets. You don't you no planning whatsoever. No. I just organize my USBs to have different levels, couple different I have notes, you know, so I can tell if a track has a synth in it or a vocal or whatever, but I tried planning my sets to make myself more comfortable and I never followed them and then I ended up like confusing myself doing that. So I just pull from my USB and make sure I'm constantly updating. Do you have any sort of like categorization of what, what are the categories you put your like songs into? Um, so I've got like a progressive folder, a melodic folder, I've uh, got a couple different after hours folders, and then in each of those I have like a level one to five, so that's like the intensity, and then just write my notes, so, and the information, so. So you can kind of just control the crowd through those like energy levels where yeah. you just say, all right, I want to go up, I want to go down. Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So in each folder, I just have those levels, you know, and can kind of swap over. If I want to get harder, I go to a harder folder and then I have those levels to play off of. So, but. And you mix and key and all that stuff as well. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> we yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't not think live without it. <laughs> I don't think we found an artist that doesn't use some form of. It's the mixing. universal tool, I think. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest tool out there, I think. Oh, probably. Yeah, I think so. It's the best cheat code. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You just got to learn how to navigate the wheel. Yes. Yeah. So the, the listener, it, mixing in key, you basically navigate around a circle and there's different transitions you can do within that circle. So say you're in 9A, you could go to 8A, 10A, yeah. up below, and then you could go over to B, 9B from 9A, but you can't go to like 10B or or what's the other way <laughs> 8b or, or like whatever you can't jump from an 8 to a 3 or something yeah. Like that. yeah yeah but there are some other like patterns which are yeah, like pretty, pretty crazy that's something i've been trying to get into like jump in like 3 or 7 or like other big artists do it but never try to figure out what what the whole extent of that is i haven't delved in yet yeah <laughs> just keeping it day. simple now yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, what has been your biggest mess up on stage or like nightmare situation? Uh, biggest nightmare situation is I, uh, I had a gig, um, God, and I think I, I signed for like CDJ 1000s and I showed up and they, uh, what were like, it was the 800s, like those original ones, I'd never played on them before and like, you know, the waveforms are like not on the screen the same yeah. and just, I had never touched them and it was terrifying and it ended up working out and it was fine and there were a couple little hiccups here and there but it was totally okay but that was like the... Do I panic? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Probably was the longest set of your life. Oh, it was. It felt so good when it was done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, but intimidation-wise, like, just train wrecking for the first time in front of a bunch of people and, like, a good crowd was, like, felt like I was going to get sick and then all of a sudden a new song came in and everyone was dancing and, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So I and think that's, like, the advice thing. Yeah, and after, I feel like if you do train wreck, you realize it's not so bad after all, and you could just roll with the punches and yeah. yeah. You just gotta get out of it because the crowd knows that you're train wrecking, but as soon as you get out of the train wreck, their focus shifts yeah. almost instantly. Keep smiling, yeah, they, don't look like it. I actually, I'm not gonna lie, I got so upset, I like teared a little bit, but I just kept smiling. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> And so what's a day in the life of Nyad like? A day in the life? Um, work, play music, listen to music while I work. And I read a lot, to be completely honest. And then uh, I just try to try to work on music an hour every day. Just try to do something every day, even if you scrap it or if you just end up organizing samples or whatever it is, but just sit down every single day. So I think that's the most important part of my day. <laughs> That's important too, the consistency, especially if you have a like a, a like a full time gig and then you're trying to pursue uh, like music on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find that really interesting to be disciplined in that manner. You, you're going to have to put in work consistently, right? Yeah, there's a I don't know, people trying to learn or get better or whatever. There was a there's an L.A.B. collective uh, and they host these awesome things called Beat Ciphers. Um, and like once every couple of weeks we'll get together and for three hours we just set rules for each other and we make all different genres, um, use this amount of samples, this key, a key change, whatever it is in the track and then we have three hours to finish the track and we play it and that's been like the most amazing inspiring thing that I've done to like have a process and finish tracks. It's like a hackathon for yeah. the track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's dope. I like highly recommend it. Even if you do it by yourself, like set three hours and be like, I'm going to finish something or like have this thing done with this rule just to challenge yourself. And you do this once a week? Uh, we were doing it once a week. We've had a couple of people move away, so we're trying to keep it going like bi-weekly now. So. Ah, interesting. But it's dope. Yeah, you guys should join us at some point. Yeah, yeah. that sounds super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your dream venue or festival to play at? Ooh, I think my dream festival is Time Warp. What uh, is that? Time Warp, uh, God, I can't remember exactly where it's held, uh, but it's in Europe and it's just this incredible techno festival. The lineup every year just makes me drool. I haven't even been yet, <laughs> but uh, I think that would be the dream, just like looking at that footage and the lineups every year. I think I'll know I made it if I uh, play Time Warp, but uh, I think, I don't know if I have a dream venue. Not yet. 
I just want to play them all. Yeah. <laughs> Can I play play one of each? <laughs> um. So, Nyad is going to guest mix now. We're going to close out the interview with the rapid fire section. Oh boy. So basically, just say the very first thing that you think of when you hear the question. Okay. Yep. You could even <laughs> say something that's totally unrelated to the question itself. That's acceptable too. Okay. Just first word that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, pretty straightforward. So you want to just get the timer? Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I could. I got the timer. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Favorite track from childhood? Ooh, uh, Fly Me to the Moon. Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. Best remix? of your song? Uh, I haven't had one done yet. Best remix of any song? <laughs> any song? Oh, um, Loco Dice just did a remix of, uh, oh, it was his latest remix. I can't remember whose it was. Anyway, Loco yeah. Dice's most recent. Got it. <laughs> Favorite 90s track? Oh, 90s track. Uh, can I just say Weezer in general? <laughs> What's the one thing you can't live without? Oh, my computer. <laughs> is hot dog. A hot dog is or isn't a sandwich? Is not. Time. <laughs> nice. It's a sub. I agree. It's not a sandwich. <laughs> no, it's, if, if it was, it would be a sub. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, a sandwich, you have to disconnect the bun completely, right? I feel like this is a qualifying criteria. You have a top That's bun and a bottom bun. <laughs> Anything that doesn't have a top bun and a bonnet bun can't be a sandwich. It's not called a lobster sandwich. It's a lobster roll, mm. like because it's not a sandwich. I think we just settled that discussion, that, Done. that debate. I just it's had that over. epiphany. Yeah. I was like, if the bun is still connected, there's <laughs> just one bun. <laughs> Unibun. <laughs> um, all right, so Nyad's gonna bless us with a live guest mix. So. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the dark techno sounds. Do it. Do it. And we'll chat after the mix. And be sure to also um, cop tickets for Understated. That's happening this Friday. Um, and be on the lookout for pre-sales that start this Tuesday, along with Nyad's upcoming EP, which is coming out on Monday the 28th. Uh, so eight days away. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk after the mix.
It's no trouble, no trouble at all 